Hey, welcome to Guerrilla Discipleship. I'm Tim Parker. This is my brother-in-law and pastor um, friend, uh, David Laser, who you met last week. Um, we're going to continue our series on barriers uh, to making disciples. For those of you who didn't tune in, you can go ahead and go back and watch. We talked about the first barrier being that we are often too self-centered. Um, maybe not something that we all want to hear, but something maybe we all need to hear. So you can go ahead and listen to that. Today, we're going to cover uh, another big barrier that we perceive there to be. Uh, maybe it's one you'll hopefully be more agreeable to, <laughs> one that I think most of us will say, yeah, I, I do have this a little bit. And that is the barrier of rejection, uh, fear, sorry. Um, and so we're calling this, the second barrier is uh, we fear rejection. Uh, and so I want to tell a little bit of story to you, because I think it's important to be vulnerable and share how even people maybe you do look up to, or maybe not ought to look up to, uh, struggle with this even as well. You think that maybe pastors or people uh, who talk about disciple making have it all figured out, and we don't. And so this goes back a few years ago, uh, and I was fearing rejection in regards to talking to uh, another guy who um, was helping me with uh, something where we were kind of reaching out to the community and um, doing free dinners for people. It was a really awesome thing. It was actually called Open Seat, and uh, uh, I was very hesitant to ever invite him to do anything or talk to him about Jesus or God just because um, he was like this hyper intellectual person. He was brilliant. Um, he and I had become pretty good friends over the past couple of weeks or months at this point in time. And I had assumed before I ever said anything to him about Jesus or God or being spiritually obvious at all, I had already assumed this guy's not going to want it. He's not going to accept it. He's going to purposely reject it. He went to an Ivy League school. He's all about this. Other There's no way that I'm ever going to ask him um, to be a part of it unless like something crazy happened. So I kind of like already like said, I'd already made up his mind for him on what his answer would be. And I'll never forget as we were working on a project, we were sitting down, I can tell you the exact coffee shop we were in. I can tell you everything that was going on. He was like, so what are your plans this weekend? And I kind of brushed it off and it was actually Easter weekend. Oh no. And he kept like asking and pestering me like, Oh, well, what are you going to do? And Oh, are you kind of like a pastor? And finally I was like, dude, <laughs> you just want to come to our Easter service. And he's like, I thought you never asked. And I was like, what? You, you? And I literally said like, you're interested in this? He's like, well, I mean, I'm not sure about my whole faith thing, but like, you know, like, uh, like I kind of grew up going once in a while and I'm, I'm kind of curious about God. And I was like, who are you? <laughs> and I like, had to like re completely like stop and like take a breath and like, like I had already made up my mind for him. And, and while we're not encouraging you as disciple makers to invite people to church, that's still a good thing. A better thing is to invite them to walk alongside you as you lead them and help them to reach their family and their loved ones. Um, Right. Sometimes we are so fearful of what they will say or fearful of how they treat us or fearful we'll lose a friend or fearful of just anything that we make up our mind for people by not engaging them in disciple making conversations. So, David, if you want to take that, run with it and go into some other areas as well about our fear. Um, yeah, buddy. Be my guest. Yeah, that's a, that's a great story. That's a great story. You guys talk a lot about um, being spiritually obvious. I love that that terminology y'all talk about that yeah. um and that was one of those things where it was more like god was being spiritually obvious to you like he was just like beating down the door like here just putting it in your face they sent him to you what are you doing yeah <laughs> don't you love it when it happens like that that's just yeah. yeah it's very uh very disarming so i think that like you said in the intro this barrier is one of the easiest for all of us to acknowledge some of these barriers, they might, um, 
rattle us a little bit or challenge us a little bit, but I don't know that there's anybody out there that would disagree with the fact that fear in some way, and especially fear of rejection, is just a very common barrier we have to making disciples. And um, I think there's a couple categories of that fear of rejection. It's the fear of being misunderstood. It's the fear of having our faith challenged or having ourselves challenged and not having, not feeling equipped to deal with those challenges or whatever. And it's the fear of offending someone. Right. Um, So I think we need to just unpack these a little bit before we get to, uh, you know, the solutions. How would you unpack the misunderstood kind of general rejection piece? Like, what does that look like for you? I'm not sure I'll answer it for me, but I think <laughs> what, what do you think that looks like for us? I think, yeah, well, I'll say it more for us because uh, being misunderstood in the guards that we will come across as offensive, which is we'll get to later, misunderstood yeah. that people will think that our relationship was only about a means yeah. to an end. And so that kind yeah. of misunderstanding that if I share my faith, that whatever what happens, my friend who has been with me for 10 years or 10 weeks or 10 hours yeah. is going to assume that they were just saw me as a project. And so I think yeah. that's that's part of the misunderstanding or maybe that will people will misunderstand what we're trying to say or what we're trying to do in regards of yeah. if you start talking about sin, because <laughs> that's yeah. essential to the gospel. People will think yeah. that we're judging them or that they yeah. will I'm being misunderstood that our friends or people we're interacting with will think we're holier than thou. And so I think that's where that misunderstanding, some prongs, I'm sure there's more prongs of it as well, yeah. um, go to. And then those misunderstandings are then tied to rejection, I think. I, I think there's a big problem in our culture today where we judge people's motives and hearts by making assumptions without actually knowing where they're coming from. We just mm-hmm. do this all the time. It just you know, you hear someone say something or find out that they believe X or that they do this or whatever, and you jump right to, well, their motive must be this, or this must be in their heart. And we really, we really don't know someone's heart in any given course right. of acting. Uh, and so we're afraid that that's going to happen to us too. Like, oh, if I, if I, if they find out that I'm this, I'm a Christian, or I'm an evangelical, or I'm a Bible believer, or I'm a disciple, whatever you want to fill in the gap, but they're going to then, you know, assume this about me, you know, something that just popped in my head too. And maybe this plays into the offense part, but yeah. like, w- what if, what if they assume something about us and it, and it, and it's true. Like, so, so, so we, we, maybe we don't often reckon enough with the offense of the gospel that in many ways it is offensive. <laughs> like, like, so, so let's, let's let go of the things that are, that do not need to be offensive that do not, need to be falsely judged but let's also then grapple with guess what some of this offends my self-centeredness my sin my sensibilities and i just need to own that i just need to own yep this is a very uh radical message help me tease that out do you know what i'm trying to say like I don't, i'm not saying we got there and we're trying to offend people but it's like i need to own that being a believer in jesus is gonna come I, mean, I think you're going into Part of the solution, which is that uh, there's fear of being rejected because the the Bible and the truth and Jesus is offensive. And so the answer, if your fear is somewhat validated, that that is and can be a possible solution. But I don't think that's as regular as it 
as normal as it as we expected or think it will be. I think we yeah. say as soon as yeah. I come out to my yeah. friends as I'm Christian, yeah. or as that's soon as right. I invite someone, they're immediately going to reject me and immediately yeah, say that I hate X, right. Y, and Z. And I don't think that's as um, as normal or as true with people you're in a relationship with. It might be the person on the side of this sure. road you hand a track to, sure. which is not what we're encouraging you to do. Maybe, but yeah, I, I do think um, we have to wrestle with. There will be a sense of of rejection and offensiveness just simply by who you are. Um, but that's part the of suffering um, for the gospel. And so, yeah, that, is, that is an element. Maybe we, maybe we take that word offense and we, we make it a little broader. We just say resistance, that, yes. that there is just natural resistance and aspects of being a follower of Jesus that is going to create some friction with ourselves yes. and other people that is yeah. normal and healthy. We're, we're going to have tensions with, is Jesus yeah. Lord? Because, um, uh, yeah. With no with no tension, there is no growth. With no challenge, yeah. you know, there yeah. is that. And so and so I yeah. think we just want to own a name uh that there is going to be rejection, there is going to be offensiveness, there is going to be some resistance, whether it's um someone challenging your your faith or faith in general, right? Then and I think that's why some of us don't go out as we're like, I would yeah. go out, but uh, or yeah. I would talk to my friends, but I don't know how to ha- I feel like I have to have all the answers. And if they ask me a question yeah. I don't know the answer to, I'm not I'm gonna feel insufficient inferior or uh, I'm gonna, they're going to feel superior or I feel like I'm going to mess up. And so I'd rather not do anything. And so I think we freeze. Yes. And then I think yes. the, the offending part is, is very well validated um, in our culture for the sole purpose of, uh, I wrote this down earlier. Um, we kind of live by the principle of the person who is the most offended um, yes. gets the most attention and also is used by our cultural standards, usually the most right. Uh, and that's not necessarily a cultural value that we as Christians yeah. should have. It's not a kingdom value that the one who is most offended is the in the most right position. Um, cause if, if, yeah. Yeah, we're not going to d- unpack that today, but I, I think that logically false, but it is functionally true for a lot of people. I heard a, a, a guy named Steve Cuss wrote a book called managing leadership anxiety. And the way he put it was, uh, you know, the most anxious person in the room often has the most power. They have the most influence because they're yeah. And that, that yeah. Same dynamic. Yeah. So I think we just want to name that these are all fears. They're all real. Um, yeah. And, you know, yeah. and, and we, I don't think we go out with the intent of not knowing enough. I don't think we go out the tent of being misunderstood. And we don't go out the tent of a purposely yeah. trying to offend people. I've seen people sure. on YouTube <laughs> that are trying to offend people. Uh, yeah, I'm like, yeah, we've all seen that. Yeah. Uh, and, but I think that those are all there, but I think we also hopefully came up with some semi-decent yeah. or semi-okay solutions to yeah. how to wrestle with getting over these humps. Um, yes. getting over these barriers to see them more as um, right. as things to kind of surmount or things to walk around yes. rather than yes. things to say, well, that's a closed door. I'm going to just turn around. I'm I think with that. I just yeah. don't feel like dealing with that today yet. Yeah, I, th- I think we do have um, some solutions. I'll kick we off one good, that David We got some good things to try out to put, to put in there. Uh, we did. Wrote down. This is going to help. It's going to help people if they haven't thought of this yet. It's yeah. really going to, it's really going to help us. <laughs> I'll, I'll say the first one. Um, <laughs> Uh, and I think it's this, it's, it's probably the, the, the one you already know, but not one that we least apply, uh, is that, uh, you're not alone. I know this sounds kind of tongue in cheek or maybe cliche as a Christian. Uh, but even in Matthew 28, Jesus says he's going to be with us. Um, we also learned that there's something called the Holy spirit, right? We actually believe in the Holy spirit. <laughs> one of the persons of the Trinity. Um, we also, who, who, the Holy spirit, who is the great comforter, uh, who, the one who goes before us, the one who goes beside us, the one who is in us. And so even though Jesus tells us to go out two by two, 
um, and many of us rarely listen. Um, we're supposed to go out two by two or groups, right? Um, we're not, even when we're by ourselves. we're not actually alone. Uh, in my situation where I shared about my friend who was doing some things with me to, for feeding people, uh, God had obviously been doing a work in his heart. God had already been preparing the way before I even got there. And I hadn't even been praying for this young man uh, since changed my tactics and strategies. Um, and God had already been saying like, I'm there. I'm with you. I'm with him. I'm in this spot. I'm in this place. Do something about it. And I literally had to almost get beat over the head with a book in order to see that. And so I just want to encourage you that you're you're not alone in this process. We I think a lot of times we feel like, oh my goodness, I'm out on this island. I'm the only Christian at work, or I'm going to be going out in this huge limb that I could, you know, my reputation yeah. or my relationships could be be shattered by this one act. And really, um, most one one of our acts really isn't probably enough to shatter all these things unless you do it with so little grace, so little Holy Spirit, so little bit of compassion and empathy um, that you deserve it almost, right? Um, but just simply like even going up to someone and saying, hey, I'm, I'm giving you this because I'm blessed and God's blessed me and I want to bless you. Uh, it's probably not offensive to 99.9% of the people. And yeah, <laughs> that's better out there. And that's just a number I made up. So I think that's one of the pieces. I don't know if you want to add to that or if you want to go to the next one, David, but. Yeah, yeah. Dovetail on it and then I'll go to the next one. Uh, I think that this can tie back to last week's barrier and the self-centeredness where um, if my fear is just controlling everything about this and it's really the fear is about, well, what's going to happen to me? Um, mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're focusing on yourself. So to the degree that you can learn to be more Christ-centered and other-centered, you'll kind of just get over those fears and be like, yep, I'm nervous. This is uncomfortable, but I think God's called me to do this. So I'm going to focus on Christ with me and Christ in me. And I'm going to focus on loving this person. Mm -hmm. And so guess what? My fear and discomfort in this moment doesn't matter. <laughs> but, you know. I know. I can't control the situation. I can't control the situation. I can't control people think of me. So why am I trying yeah. to? Yeah. Self-centeredness. Come back. Yeah. So next, next piece that can help us with this is simply um, thinking about making disciples in a relational way. Um, it's amazing how many of the fears of rejection, you know, offending people, having you know your faith challenged and grappling with you know, uh, you know, dialoguing of, you know, well, why do you believe this? And how do you explain this? A lot of the fears of that sort of stuff is really mitigated by just doing this in a relational way. And that applies in the moment where you're engaging someone you don't know for the first time, doing it in a relational way, seeing them as a person, treating them as a person, not a project, not a number, but like, be just being like, well, how would I feel if I was in their shoes and someone approached me? And just acknowledging that, having a relational approach towards them as you are being spiritually obvious, uh, and then building on a relationship over time, or engaging someone you already have a relationship with, where it's like, this is not um, me trying to win an argument with you. Yes, this is me. Um, this is me engaging you valuing your perspective, listening to your story and then sharing my story. Yeah. And knowing that this is not, if it's, if it, we, this doesn't have to be the last time we talk. Like, so if I am kind of engaging you for the first time, why don't we follow us up? You want to get coffee? You want to get, what is it? Am I at the gym? Like, I'll see you next week. If it's your friend. <laughs> all right. Like, let's keep this going, you know, but 
having a relationship be the context that you are sharing your faith and yes. that you are discipling someone in takes away a lot of this discomfort yeah. because it's like, Hey man, we're just, we're just friends here. <laughs> we're just, you know, I mean, just like we talk about the the Steelers or we talk about, you know, the baseball, we're talking about this. We're just bringing up another area. Oh, we're not talking about that today. Okay. Maybe we'll talk about mm-hmm. another time. Maybe it will be a week. Uh, I, I use the phrase talking about this as like relational equity, um, which is, you know, actually being yeah, a friend with someone that you're spiritually always with because you yes. build up equity in that friendship and then you can cash in that equity at not hopefully not all at once, but yeah. right. The, because and that equity is trust, that equity is love. And the scripture I'm reminded yeah. of is that love covers a multitude of sins. So even if you yeah. maybe don't do it the right way or the right time, yeah. maybe you, you, you've been in a relationship with someone and you've said something offensive that's not even religious whatsoever, or you've yeah. upset them or hurt their feelings. If you've been in that relationship for any amount of time, hopefully there yeah. is enough trust and enough love to help you get through it. Um, if it's your first interaction with someone and you have zero love and zero trust, uh, you're probably not going to see you through it. But if it's There's a friend, not a lot of relational yeah. equity yet. Yeah, or a <laughs> college you can roommate. Build that right equity from the very first moment you engage them, you can start yes. by building relational equity. It's been like, okay, this is strange, but I don't feel creeped out by this person. They feel safe, so I'm going to listen. There's something interesting about them, so let me listen. You know, yeah. yeah. And even if they, you do feel equity. creeped out the first couple of times, maybe eventually the creepy lift level goes down. Yeah. I've acknowledged right. it. So, so you know, we can talk through. You know. And get this with people you already have built a relationship with, yeah. but you know, even think about the first time you engage somebody where you're going to the gym, you're going to the skate park. That's my example. You're at the coffee shop and you feel this nudge from God that you're supposed to engage this person, start a conversation with them. And maybe it's just a conversation, but maybe the Lord's just saying like, I just want you to get to know this person. Cool. Maybe he, maybe it's something like you have more unction of like, I think I need to say this to them. I think I need to pray with them. I, I lead off by acknowledging, hey, um, I know this is going to sound super weird. Yes. I don't want to like freak you out, but I, I, for, I just have it on my heart that I'm maybe supposed to ask you if I can pray for you. Would that be okay? Yes. Acknowledge and just acknowledge the awkwardness, the humanity yeah. of that moment. And that, that disarms some things versus I'm going to come in like a laser. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. come in and they're, put their defense up right away. Yeah. Hey, I know. Anyway. I, 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 yeah. Hey, by the way, I know this may sound weird, but right. Or, um, Hey, I was praying for you this morning and I felt God say like this to me and can I share it with you? And when they say no, okay, well then respect it. Right. I mean, I think the best thing to be is just completely open and vulnerable, which sounds so opposite, but when you are vulnerable, that's your relational equity. And that's how humans are mostly wired. So relational equity. That's that's like my style, right? Some people's style is different. It's some of its personality. So like some people have a a, a natural sense of like calm confidence and conviction that they can lead with that in a way that's not weird. And that's great. If that's you and if the Lord's like giving you that, then do that. But like, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to be honest. It's okay to admit that you're like, you know, you're you're going out of your comfort zone. And this is, this is. Something That's new. true. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Thanks, David. Yeah. Two more things we'll talk about. Um, practice. As we were kind of saying, hey, David, what should we talk yeah. about? He said, you know, practice is, is a really big piece of this. I think a lot of our fear comes from the fact that we just haven't done it before. Um, mm-hmm. And so we're always going to be af- af- afraid of things we aren't comfortable with or things we haven't done yeah. before. And he and I were talking and we equated it to someone who said, well, like, you know, I, I don't want to make disciples or be spiritually obvious because I don't know what I'm doing and I need to know more. I have to go and, you know, have like this some sort of specialization in it and have apologetics and be able to defend my faith. And he and I equated it to um someone who says, well, bef- I know that I need to go to the gym, 
but I'm going to have to first um, get a degree in kinesiology. Then I'm going to yes. get a master's in exercise science. And then I might go ahead and get a doctorate in physical therapy to make sure I don't hurt myself or occupational therapy, or I guess you can get a doctorate of sports science. I don't know. Right. Sure. And then only then will I first enter the gym yeah, and do one push-up. Right? I know there's like, you can hurt yourself and there's better workouts and maybe you need like, like, yeah, like, like, like a diet plan. That's all there. But, um, you, I think those are all part of it, but I don't think that's the whole part of it. I think part of learning how to overcome um, these things yes. is doing it. You don't have to go and do you throw 500 pounds on the bar do and something. have a perfect technique. You, do you, you, yeah, you don't need a degree to go to the gym and run on a treadmill yes. uh, to go for a 30 second walk. You don't need a degree to um, go and use one of the machines that you can't hurt yourself on if you don't put any weight on it, right? Like, like go and yes. do it. And so the more times you do it, the more you get comfortable with it. Uh, the more it become more natural. And so we want to encourage you to practice. Uh, and I'll encourage you, you can practice by yourself, which is what I actually do sometimes, which is mm -hmm. odd as it sounds. Oh, I practice what does that look like? Oh my Say goodness. more about uh, that. I don't do want to go you, make you like, this, do like a scenario in your head. This podcast go too long, but I actually will. This um, is good think, <laughs> while I'm doing my uh, my power hour shower, uh, which I joked about a couple of <laughs> weeks ago with Kevin. It's not really a whole hour, but uh, about praying in the shower. Um, Sometimes I will actually rehearse the conversations that I might have that day with someone I'm going to encounter. So I know when I go oh, wow. to the gym at this date, this time, there's this person, I've asked him this question. I know this is about his family yeah. and I pray, God, how yeah. can I nudge this relationship just one degree, like yeah. on a 360 like, into the other direction. Yeah. And so I'll actually like play through the conversation, like, oh, do I want to say this? No, I won't. Do I want to say that? No. How can I lean into this? How can I ask this question? And I'll replay the conversation in my head of how what I could say, what I should say, what I shouldn't say. And then when mm -hmm. I go and have the conversation, if they're there, sometimes they're not, then yeah, I, not, I hate it when that happens. You gear yourself up like, Oh, I'm not there. But then <laughs> I've already, I told people that then when I go have the conversation, it's not my first time having it. I've already had it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. usually I stick oh, wow. to the conversation cool. at least fit, like it usually sticks to the plan 50% yeah. of the time. I sometimes yeah. say things that make me like, feel stupid or like, oh man, that was dumb. But at least I didn't say the 50% of the things I didn't want to say, I usually get the yeah. bad stuff out. And so I'll, wow. I'll, I've practiced that. I've, I've told people you can practice with you, have a good friend. Um, um, but I think just like just practicing outward with even simple things like holding the door for something at someone at 7-Eleven and being, they say, thank you. But like, just wanted yeah. to bless you. And then okay. the next time I just want to bless you because God blessed me. I'm like, oh. So here's a little thing. thing. Yeah. Here's a little piece to go on that. I know we're coming to the finish yeah. line now, but. You, you talk about practicing and this is something like how often do you practice talking about your faith with anyone at all? Okay. So yeah. do you have a group of friends, a small group, accountability group? Do you have Spouse? people in yeah. your life that you are regularly talking with? So one issue, maybe we don't talk to talk about Jesus to anybody. We just yeah. come to church and we sit there and there's no relationship with even believers where we're like, regularly articulating and talking through jesus well then <laughs> so do you have relationships where you talk about jesus with anybody even fellow yeah. jesus followers that one of my first action, yeah. you talk one about jesus to your friend, your mother, well then you can talk about jesus somebody that doesn't know jesus right you're right <laughs> if you don't practice with, you're with people what you know. do, you're not going to do it at all i encourage people to talk about something that's real to you when we get our like discipleship groups or experiences or whatever i say share something the first week They're like what do you mean i'm like most of us are in the habit of not sharing anything that if you just even share, I had a good time this week with your, with your spouse, with a family member, with a coworker. Hey, I'm in this class. So yeah. how was your weekend? I read a book for my class. 
oh, like most of us don't even get to that extent before. So you have to like practice. You got to walk before you run. You got to even face the right yeah. direction. You got to put your shoes on. Right. And so sharing with people who even, even our spouse, so you can be in a car ride and be like, Hey, um, yeah. so I know yeah. you've been talking to so-and-so recently. What, what would happen if they ask you this question? Oh, I don't know. Well, what wouldn't you say? Well, I wouldn't say X, Y, and Z. Okay. Well, yeah. you know, 10 minute ride to church. You could totally do that. Um, as awkward as it might sound, it's actually a good mental and, you know, conversational mm-hmm. practice. That's what's great. If you have people encouraging you in this, this journey yeah. and you're in your small group, whatever discipleship group, whatever it would be like you're training together. So then you can actually kind of debrief. You can be praying about the person you're reaching to and you're debriefing like, Hey, we had this conversation talk through how it went. And, you know, you want to be careful to respect people and respect privacy and not share stuff that maybe is personal in that conversation, but you can, you can talk through it and, and train through it. And just, you can yeah. grow with every step you take in this by, by doing it with others. You you're know? not going to be a professional the first time. It's not going to come easy. Nope. It's not going to be comfortable, but nothing comfortable, easy, and fun is usually worth yes. it in the long run. Can I run. say one <laughs> final thing to put a cherry on top of this? Yeah, put a cherry on top of this, that, and then I'll give them the last the last solution. Perfect. Yeah. See there? Oh, oh, wow, we didn't get both. Oh, oh. Yeah. There we go. So anytime we do something we have never done before, there's going to be some discomfort. Yeah. It's going to be, it, depending on what it is, it might be very minimal discomfort. It might feel a little awkward. It might be just like, it might just feel like that. Uh, the first time... I tried to drop in on a skateboard on the ramp. I thought I was going to die. And the ramp was like two feet tall, but I'd never done it. You know what I mean? And let alone get to a six foot ramp or an eight foot ramp. Like you try something new. It's hard. It's scary. It's uncomfortable. Welcome to following Jesus. So if this is one of those things you have never done, you've never had any sort of engagement or spiritual obvious conversation or trying to um, talk to your friends or someone that's acquaintance about Jesus, yeah, it's going to feel Whoa, but it's an amazing rush when you follow the Lord in obedience and then you get through that first experience and you realize like, I didn't die. (laughs) They didn't die. We got through it. And the more you do that, the more you become comfortable with it. It becomes another practice that you're familiar with. You you shared a story we were talking before of how you realized how natural it became to you to say something that it was not natural 500 times ago, but you've done it for the 500th time. It was like second nature. Yeah. This is one of those you things. 10,000 hours of you become a, you become a professional. So I'm not saying you become 10,000 hours of relational evangelism, but yeah. if you know, you do at least a hundred hours of having the spiritual conversations. Yeah. It, there's no risk, gonna be no risk. Reward. Yeah. So no, the last thing I'll right. give you, because you go. we got to wrap this all up. We don't yes. want you to be listening to this for too long. I know if you're listening to this on your commute to Washington, DC from, from, uh, from anywhere outside the area, you're not anywhere close to DC. Stay in the car next to 10, 20 minutes. We'll go along. Right. But um, I will, I will, I will say this because uh, there is this rejection. We did name it rejection, resistance, offensiveness is always going to be there. It's never going to go away. You can practice it. You can build relational yeah. equity. You can even know that God's not alone and they're still there. I want to leave you with this. And uh, this is what helped me get through a lot of my church planting. Um, I recently mm-hmm. saw in scripture, even yesterday when I was reading the Bible, uh, a particular passage. Um, and here's this. It's the last thing I want to leave you with is that if there is rejection um, and you're talking about God and being spiritually obvious or Jesus or the Holy Spirit, right? If there is, and you're, and, and that is your message, just know this, they are not rejecting you. Let me say this yes. one more time. You are not yeah. the one or the thing or the yeah. person being rejected. Yeah. Do not make it personal. It is not you. They're rejecting God. They're rejecting what he wants to do in their life and through your life. And so please, as much as all of us will, 
when the when this calmness yeah. settles, when you when we come yeah. back down to reality, when you pray about it and you feel good about it, just know that they was not you, right? It yeah. was they're rejecting what God was doing in their life, and that there can be many multitude of reasons why you may not ever know them. But just do not take it personally. Do not take it to the grave. Do not give up on that relationship. If anything, pray harder for them because God is trying to break through. And Jesus says, you're blessed if you experience, if you faithfully share Christ and you experience pushback, hardship, pain, persecution, whatever it would be in small, big ways. Jesus says you're blessed. Like, guess what? You're blessed. <laughs> Welcome to the blessings, brothers and sisters. Flip it upside down. Upside down values of the kingdom. Flip it upside We're down. Oh. Awesome. Well, thank you all for tuning in for this uh this the second barrier uh of the big barriers that to uh, big barriers to making disciples. Uh can't wait to talk to you more. Uh next time we meet. I don't know what it will be, but when you tune in, <laughs> we will have it. Uh I have it on a list somewhere, but it's not in front of me. But if you want to have more of a conversation. You can uh, email me at tparker at oakdale.church. And we're looking forward to encouraging you as your walk to being spiritually obvious in your walk as you empower others to start disciple-making movements. All right, have a good day and God bless. Bye, everyone.